0: You might be a Viking or a Saxon or a Roman But tell me, do you like him? Would you sex him? Would you bone him? Would you go to bed with King Ethelred? Would you bunk William the Conqueror up in the sheets with Samuel Peeps? Mussolini was a meanie, led a fascist insurrection But does he make you creamy? Does he give you an erection? Would you pork, Richard the Duke of York? Does a bonus start when you think of Bonaparte? Are you sexually aroused at the thought of Pol Pot? Historical Hot or Not? Hello and welcome to Historical Hot or Not. If your favourite Pornhub categories are dead presidents, buried queens and cremated socialists, then lube up. This is the podcast for you. My name is Aidan McCaffrey, I am not a historian, and this is...
1: Catherine Mather and I'm also not a historian uh, but we are comedians and we are horny for history uh, and today we are joined by Joey Page. Are you horny for history?
2: uh semi.
1: <laughs> you got a semi for history. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I,
2: I I liked who I liked, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And anyone that didn't interest yeah. me, I found history boring but if there was someone like the classics, a Viking or a uh, Henry VIII or do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, what did you like about *Henry the Ape* so fucking much? Uh,
2: just he looked so ridiculous.
1: He <laughs> did. Do you reckon that was a like a, an accurate picture? I reckon he looked proper rank.
3: Yeah, uh, riddled with gal.
1: Yeah, and like smelly, overweight.
2: Yeah. I could see him being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't suppose hygiene was ever that good around him
0: By the end, he was like uh, having to be winched around uh, from chair to chair. Was he winched?
1: Yeah, they had a thing to put him on a horse. Like a, a horse winch so he could ride around.
2: The horse must have like seen him come in and been like, Oh no. <laughs> no
1: no there we go. You have to start asking yourself though, have I lived a life of too much excess? As you as they're building the winch that is purely there because you you oh, did fat, too much says. stuff. <laughs>
2: Who knows how he'd get on now? He'd probably be like a massive celebrity now.
0: Well, yeah, he'd be on a um, Jerry Springer, wouldn't wouldn't he? And they'd have to like take the side of his car- his caravan off to to, to, to look into <laughs> it to interview him or something.
1: Can you imagine yeah. having all those palaces and be like, no, I'm going to live in this caravan?
2: Maybe he's on holiday. <laughs> I could see him doing I could see him in van life.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you could tell it was his van because you could hear it crying <laughs> as it came. I'm going to stop with the fat phobia now.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, we are getting, yeah, going okay. down a danger, dangerous track.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. It, honestly, it's not people who are overweight. It is we are literally just talking about Harry the Eighth here because he was he was a cunt, almost <laughs> certainly.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I don't mind fat people. It's tyrannical fat people that's the problem. <laughs> mm. It's the ones that put their wives in kangaroo courts and chop their heads off. That's my. That's the real beef I have.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Thanks for
2: clearing that up, Aidan.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Okay. No, you have to, don't you, when you put stuff out Because people don't know who you are And the shit that we have fucking said on it And I'm sure that you're <laughs> in the same boat, Joey The things that we have said about my sister, right?
0: <laughs> she, who <laughs> so I've never met
1: Yeah, no uh, But we have to clarify that it's not She she endorses it She right. wants us to call her a slack But then people are like You're being really horrible about your sister <laughs>
0: Yeah, our fans know we're joking. But what if, say, some of Joey's fans listen to this episode, they're like, why are they, being, why are they slut-shaming this poor mank girl? Mm-hmm. Joey Page, this is the first time we've met. Uh, you are a standard comedian and a podcast host. And am I right in thinking a radio presenter? Have I got that right? Yeah,
2: but that's sort of a bit cobwebby, so I haven't done
0: that for a while. <laughs> and what kind of radio did you present?
2: There was a radio station, and I th- and I still think it was a tax dodge, the whole thing. Like, <laughs> that's on Tax Haven. I don't think I had many listeners. It's called Food Bar Radio, but I was on there for about four years, and I did like a oh, new music show, that. and I got to interview some really great people that I really like admired musicians-wise. But uh, apart from that, uh, it it was a, a sort of pointless exercise.
0: And how long have you been doing stand-up comedy?
2: Oh, nearly since Henry the time. I've been there for eighteen years. <laughs> this October.
1: Oh my, oh my god, your stand-up career can drink now.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, in October. Great. Yeah.
1: How will you take it out to celebrate?
2: Oh, good question. I'm doing a big tour gig. Um, Mark Simmons. I'm doing uh, Mark Simmons's tour support at Leicester Square Theatre. It's like 500 people. So maybe I'll just like make it about that rather than about his gig.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah go on wearing one of those little birthday hats.
2: Yeah, yeah. After every
1: punchline, have one of those things that goes.
2: When I was very pretentious and young, I actually kept uh kept track of all my gigs. And for my 100th gig, I wore an eye patch that said
0: I am 100 on it. <laughs> <laughs> A lovely in-joke that no one in the crowd would get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've been around the block. So you're supporting Mark Simmons on his tour. Where's that? Is that going all around the country?
2: Yeah, but I'm not doing all the support. I'm, I'm sort of like first reserve. So I, I do the dates that Danny Ward either can't or doesn't want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Last time I gigged with him, we were at uh, Comedy in the Dark in Edinburgh. And that's terrifying.
2: When I used to do that, I used to really like to just like take my shoes off and lie down. I I did it as a sort of, <laughs> the only time i get to relax in the Edinburgh Festival. Because for people that don't know, I'm sure they can probably put two and two together, is basically you start doing stand-up and then they turn all the lights off.
1: They turned the lights off before I'd got onto stage. And the route onto stage uh, was this sort of like loose brick and then like a, an uneven step up onto a stage that was also met. Made largely out of loose brick. So I was like, well, this is, I mean, I, I'll sue if you don't turn the lights on because I will injure myself. Uh, and they, they turned the lights back on so that I could get on stage and then.
2: You could, of course, have uh, used the Henry VIII winching system
0: to be winched <laughs> onto the stage. Kath has eaten too much red meat in her life and needs to be winched onto the stage. Mm
3: hmm.
0: <laughs> Historical, hot or not. We are going to look at a picture of someone uh, from history. Viewers can play along. There is a link to the photo in the show notes. We are going to look at the e profile picture of someone from history and decide whether we think they're hot, whether we would have sex with them. And then, after we've done that, Kath is going to talk us through the life of this person from history. And at the end of the episode, we will say uh, whether or not we would still bang them. Because as mm. we know, someone could be physically hot, but their personality could be rancid, like Stalin. Or like me. they could be <laughs> like Joey Payne, or they could be uh, physically appalling looking but have such a winning personality that you would.
1: This is one of my episodes. Um, I have sent an image to both of you individually mm. of our uh, our subject today. Uh, so her name, uh, she is called Dorothy. She is mm. forty, and she is from Hackney.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joey, what do you think of uh, this lady here?
2: Uh, well, I'm really thinking about this practically, right? Number one,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Hackney. That's up the road. So that ticks a lot of boxes for me. I don't really have, I only have time to travel for love at the moment. so uh, That was wow. very
1: much key in the pandemic, wasn't it, that? Yeah. Like, I was on the apps, and it's like, okay, he's fit, but he's, he's miles away. He might as well be dead. Now,
2: am I allowed to know when? Because she's got quite a striking look. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to put that into any context in terms of when this is? When was yeah, this taken?
1: She, she was born in, in 1882.
2: Well, I don't know what the fashion was like then, but she's kind of got a similar fashion sense in this photo to what I had when I started doing stand-up. I used to wear a lot of fur coats for some reason. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I like her hair. And, I mean, I like everything about her, I'm going to be honest. And for 40...
1: I mean, she was a little bit younger than 40 here.
2: I'm oh, still a little a bit younger than good. forty here, um. But yeah, uh, I, I would, I would definitely, if she pops up on my field profile, I would say.
1: All right. Yeah. Let's see what's going on. See if we've got any decent chat.
0: <laughs> Levitt.
1: Uh, Ed, what do you think? What do you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I am a middle-class man from the leafy suburbs of posh Harrogate in Yorkshire.
1: You do say that every episode.
0: I do indeed. <clears throat> this is what every woman in Harrogate looks like. Big Buffon there massive posh fur coat and uh, just holding a steering wheel of a car that is disconnected from the car apropos of nothing. So I mean mm-hmm. this is my kind of woman. She's
1: got a cheeky little smile, hasn't she? Oh,
2: so now so now what happens to I me mean, I didn't have to fight over her
1: <laughs> Well no, because <laughs> I'm gonna tell you some about her life story and I mean it might your opinion might change. Can, Can I you?
2: say something up front? I don't wanna spoil yep. the format of the show. But I am very shallow, so I feel like it's going to be pretty difficult to, <laughs> to change my mind already.
1: So, I mean, what we can do is you can just leave now. Like, Thank you, Joey Page. And then we'll just read out the rest. <laughs>
2: Have you got any more photos?
1: <laughs> 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 we go. Well, to be fair, the last podcast that we recorded today, we got topless photos. Wow. Um, and I wish that there were picture, topless pictures of her, but alas. No. I mean, everything's improved by a tip isn't it, I'll
0: take. Well, the whole shag, Mary avoid thing means the personality can be rancid. Like, Kath, you've said yes to a lot of people who, you kind of admit, you've said this person sounds like a nightmare, but they are hot, so I'll just take the one-night stand option.
1: Yeah, you just be like, shh, shh, no talking, <laughs> yeah, shh, baby right. girl. Have we all been there? <laughs> I feel like been there. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Shall we hear about Dorothy? Yes, please. From Hackney. Dorothy was born on the 5th of January, 1882 in Hackney, London. Her father was called uh, either Joseph or Jacob Levi. He was a jeweler and he imported tea. And he decided to anglicise the family surname to Levitt when Dorothy was 18 years old. Uh, This is because they were of Sephardi Jewish descent and uh, racism. Uh, Dorothy's mother was called Julia Raphael, Uh, she was a woman, and her father was a retired hotelier and diamond merchant. It's said that in 1902, aged 20, her parents moved to the country and tried to arrange a marriage for her. Horrified at their choice of suitor, Dorothy absconded, uh, and she trained as a typist working at Napier Cars in Lambeth as a peer to Australian entrepreneur and racing car driver Selwyn Edge. He, um, it's alleged that the two became lovers, but he also did have a wife at the time. Um, what a player. Do you reckon that you could get on board with an arranged marriage, uh, Joey
0: and Aiden? Joey sounds very superficial. So as long as she's fair, I think Joey's quite on board with it, aren't you?
2: <laughs> well, the, the other thing is, um, I don't even like it. I, I do have quite specific tastes in things in terms mm-hmm. of like, I don't even let people... Buy me in my family birthday presents because I I have got a very specific wardrobe,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's not like for people that have never seen what I look like it's nothing like mad it's just like I there's a lot of things I wouldn't wear, and so I always give a list of things so I'm like so why should you waste your wife? don't mind me something I'm not gonna wear mm-hmm. so I feel like an arranged marriage would be a bit of a nightmare for me. <laughs>
1: That's, I mean, with your specific fashion sense, I should say that last time we were in a car share, you were wearing a matching shirt and sure. uh, short sharp set. Oh, yeah,
2: a yeah, little two-piece. It
0: was,
1: it was good. Mm. I liked it. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, Are you saying you, you wouldn't know. want an arranged marriage because your wife might clash with your Hawaiian shirts or something?
1: <laughs> no, 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 I just
2: mean like, I don't know if people would necessarily know what I was after.
1: Especially if that person is your mum and dad.
2: And if, it, if some of the clothes they've bought me over the years or anything to go by, they, they wouldn't. <laughs> However, um, I will say this about a very similar backstory to me, our, uh, Dorothy Levitt. Mm. Um My grandparents on my mother's side uh, were German-Jewish and uh, they moved over here just before the Second World War and then they changed their Jewish surname to be a bit more English. Mm. So...
1: There we I feel go. like we're
2: getting on like a house on fire already. Amazing. I <laughs> feel like I'm going to be heartbroken by the end of this because I will have fallen in love with this Levitt and then realise, of yeah. course, she's been deceased for quite a number of years.
0: This is what happened in the episode. This is what happened in the episode we just did because it was this like. Sexy, okay, I'll do something else. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sexy cabaret dancer from the 20s, but her drug addiction just spiraled her into an early death. So. We were all there, stiff as a board, uh, the three of us. And then, boom, done. And so was she. (laughs) By the end of it.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately. Do you uh, you reckon your parents could arrange a decent marriage for you, Aidan, your wife aside?
0: I I struggle to to meet people early on. So I actually think I'm the kind of guy that probably could have done early in life with some more arranged stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, I know in Mm -hmm. communities that kind of have arranged or semi-arranged marriages... Uh, in certain ethnic communities. Apparently, you do have aunties handing around Excel spreadsheets that are chock full of data, hyperlinks to photos, age, order it by height, order it by profession, order it by salary. As someone who likes data organisation and administration... I could be on board with that side of it, you know. Just
2: <laughs> I need that. I yeah. do my intention term
0: with a crayon, so I need you know. Yeah, just anything. <laughs> if I can organise a, a bunch of women by column or row, I'm all for it.
1: See, I love the idea of my auntie coming at me, my auntie Janice, with a spreadsheet full of cock. Because there were days in deepest, darkest lockdown when you're in the on the dating apps being like, I'd take it, I would take an arranged marriage at this point because the options that I have to sift through are so awful. But I also don't think that they would pick somebody for me that was good. Selwyn Edge, which is one of the coolest names I've ever heard, he instigated her career in motoring, uh, aside from potentially uh, bonking her on the side. It was probably a publicity stunt to get her to promote his cars, Um, and what he did was he got an unwilling salesman called Leslie Callingham, to teach Dorothy how to drive. (laughs) Leslie said that she wore too much scent, jangly bracelets, unwieldy hats, silk stockings and innumerable petticoats for driving. But she did show a natural ability for it.
2: So innumerable as in like an unquantifiable number?
1: Yeah, he can't count how many petticoats she's got on.
2: It looks like she's got one on.
1: Well, yeah, I I would argue... (laughs) I think what's going on here, Joey, is that this man is a sexist.
2: I think he's jealous of mm. as am I, that Selwyn is, is moving in on
1: Possibly. And then he's just gotta go and teach her. He's how gotta to teach drive. her to drive.
2: And maybe while he's doing it he's giving her a bit of like chat and she's not interested.
1: like, so, Oh look, here she is, smelling nice, looking lovely, professional for work. What a bitch. We've all been there, right?
2: I get it all the time.
1: Yeah, villainising people that we admire. <coughs> <laughs> so, he also arranged for her to do some training in Paris. She did, uh, uh, Selwyn did, Uh, she did a six-month apprenticeship under the car manufacturer Adolphe Clement Bayard, which is not a name that you use anymore, is it, Adolphe?
0: And if he did, he'd have to come up with a nickname and just hope no one ever asks to... Dolph. Yeah, Dolph. Yeah, Adi. Ad Yeah, mm. Aid. Can I just yeah. say I'm
2: slightly worried at this point because if I was to take if if I was to go down the same route as Selwyn, you know, I was going to try and woo her in a similar way by giving her a job as my PA and then sending her where to my gig in Hull. Oh, with me, <laughs> do you know what I mean, there's no Paris.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a six-month training pass in Wagner.
2: And made my girlfriend come to a gig with me in Margate last night. It didn't have the same effect as being sent to Paris. <laughs> So I, feel like, I feel like I feel like I someone's really pushing the boat out and I've already feel like I wouldn't be able to compete.
1: Mm. Which is I mean concern. Maybe maybe she'd like your personality, Joy. It's
2: not happened yet.
1: <laughs> are people only with you for your uh, money and riches? Yeah,
2: people only with me because uh sometimes I will get to do the middle spot of backyard comedy club.
0: Once every eighteen months <laughs> you're in for
2: a trip. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: So she returned from Paris, with a very good knowledge of cars, and also a black Pomeranian dog called Dodo, who would often accompany her on drives. Ah, oh. oh. Do you no. not like Pomeranians? No, I know what's happened here. What? She's named
2: the dog after the driving instructor, Dodo.
1: A dog.
0: <laughs> That's the Maybe. nickname he should have gone with, yeah. yeah.
1: Or a dead bird.
0: Imagine if, like, Hitler himself had gone for the Dodo nickname. It would have been very <laughs> hard to take the rise of the Third Reich seriously. Dodo. I wonder if that would have been
2: his artist name.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> it would would like, like
0: signing in italics in the corner of a page. Dodo. That would make sense, but not Dodo invades Poland. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> Allied forces commit to war against Dodo and the Third Reich.
1: So she come back from Paris uh, with knowledge of cars and this shitty little dog. And she lived as a single lady. She had two other single lady flatmates, and her favourite pastimes were fishing and playing poker. Um, This alone caused quite the controversy in Edwardia in Britain. In July 1903, she set the world's first water speed record, achieving 19.3 miles an hour in a 40-foot steel-hulled 75-horsepower Napier speedboat with a three-blade propeller, having beat the French entry in Cork, Island. and she won the British International Harmsworth Trophy for motorboats.
2: But, so here's what I'm thinking, right? If this was today, right? If I was, again, like, if I was on like, a dating mm-hmm. app or whatever, and I get chatting to some hipster girl, <laughs> and she says, I'm into fishing and poker, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so into this girl. I don't really like either of those things, but the fact that somebody would be into 2 quite yeah. strange things in combination, I'm like, all right, yeah, what else you got?
0: Because it's not fishing and country walks, or say, I like poker and blackjack. She's really mixing yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, versatile personality. I like it because I like poker. But also, if she's into fishing, although mm. as long as she doesn't want me to go with her, I quite like that. It's <laughs> like, oh, get out of the house for a bit,
2: give me some meat. Come on, me. Aiden, it's camping under the stars with we'll your rod in the water.
0: Yeah, but the stars would be the appeal, not the rod in the water. Unless that's a yeah, but... pun and it's like, my rod, my dick is in the water, in which case, I am more for that. <laughs> and this is a sex-themed history <laughs> podcast, so we welcome such yeah. each bawdy puns, <laughs> whether they were intended or not.
3: I know I'm doing.
1: I think as well 19.3 miles an hour In a boat That sounds shit doesn't it But I can go 20 down my street <laughs> I think it sounds good That's the speed limit for this road In a residential street So it's not that fast But also can you imagine How mental that must have been As an Edwardian Who is used to one horsepower On a horse
0: yeah, that's true. Is she going in 19 because there's a, near, a school near the near the lake?
1: <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> go yeah. Bumps. Right. <laughs> there is a hill in Crouch End, right? And it is very steep. It's 20 miles an hour and some cunt has put speed bumps up it, right? Because there's a school nearby. And I'm sorry, but that is not on because you can't get enough pull to get up the hill and slow down for the speed bumps and, and go again. There should be a law made against it.
2: History and local issues brought together in one Pod. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've already got six points on my licence, so I can't really afford any more. <laughs> be... How come you got so many points? Because I love to drive fast, like my girlfriend's Dorothy. or <laughs> <I love it. laughs>
1: <laughs> To be fair, I have been in a car for y- with you for, I want to say, no more than five minutes, and you got given the finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you honked that guy and he just oh fine like, yeah. and i was like well if you basically get
2: angry in the car
1: yeah
2: <laughs> get angry in the car and on the football pitch and that's about yeah. it yeah
0: joey you're on those lists that female comedians has about about who t- they shouldn't do car shows with but it's got nothing to do with being rapey it's just entirely to do with the fact that you will do 17 in the 20s <laughs> yeah
2: and there is also like um there there's a, a thing that's gone around. I think Sean McLaughlin started this. He was telling people he'd never seen somebody eat a Philip Tower box meal on their lap on the motorway <laughs> when driving before. They have to a few people off.
0: <laughs> What's that rattling? There's a rattling noise. Coming that is from one the of rain. <laughs> oh my god! If
1: I could do something to stop it, I would, Eden.
2: So this is This is exciting because I can see. I guess in your direction, because at one side of my flat, it's really nice, and I can see dark clouds the other side. So I guess the rain is coming towards me from your house.
1: Yeah, I'm sending it over. You're welcome. So um, on the 4th of July, uh, Independence Day, uh, 1903, don't know if Independence Day had happened then yet. Uh I'm not a historian. Uh, Dorothy won her class at the Southport Speed Trials, driving a 12-horsepower Gladiator. British society were crutching their pearls as it was a woman who was driving. What? Right. Later on in 1903, she also won the race at Cowes uh, in a Napier. In February 1905, she broke another world record, this time achieving the longest drive by a woman. She drove from London to Liverpool, which was a total distance of 411 miles, averaging 20 miles an hour in an eight horsepower single cylinder de Dion. (laughs) On this, she she wrote about it and uh, she said that she carried, she took a dog with her, obviously, and she carried a handgun as well. Uh, just to help her with the drive. July 1905, she set the first ladies' world speed record in Brighton at the speed trials, achieving a top speed of 79.75 miles per hour in an 80 horsepower near here, which I think is a little bit better than previous.
0: It's almost as fast as Joey drives around <laughs> the small local villages. 20 miles an
2: hour from Liverpool to London. If I was behind her, I'd be, I would be doing my nap. But, right, so here's <laughs>
1: She's something. got a gun though, Joey. She's got a, like she's got yeah. a Colt
2: yeah. in the glove box. So once uh, I was driving to a girlfriend's house, and there was this car going like, really slowly in front of me, and I'd gotten a bit agitated, and I was swearing, and then they turned into like the road, and I thought, "Oh, how unlucky is that i turned turning the road that I have now turned into." And I was like, "But you know, I'm turning off of the main roads now, so in a minute she'll be gone." She kept on turning down these little roads. And then turn into my girlfriend's family's road. And then into my girlfriend's family's drive. And it turns out it was her mum in a, in a car that I, I didn't know about or a new <laughs> car or whatever. And so I was like, I've basically just been swearing at my girlfriend's mum quite <laughs> a lot of the journey. And so I quickly uh, put some M&M on and pretend I was rapping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was her mum called, is it Kim? Is that?
2: It was Elaine, unfortunately. Uh...
1: I'm sorry, this red is only getting louder and there's fuck all I can do about it.
2: to the podcast from inside a car wash. <laughs> yes.
1: So, uh, the following year, uh, in 1906, Dorothy beat her previous speed record travelling at 90.88 miles an hour in a 90-horsepower napier at the Blackpool speed trials. Her diary entry from that day reads, drove at a rate of 91 miles an hour, had a near escape as front bond... <laughs> The front part of bonnet worked loose and, had I not pulled up in time, might have blown back and beheaded me. For context, the very first land speed record had been set eight or nine years earlier, in 1898, about by Count Gaston de chasse a lau bar, in Saint-Germain, outside Paris.
0: It was quite a low bar for entry back then. Though. Well,
1: it was, yeah, because he hit uh, 39.245 miles an hour uh, in a 36-horsepower automobile. But people very quickly scrambled to beat this, which they did very frequently. Um, the land speed record in 1905 was set in a 22.5-litre, 200-horsepower V8 Dirac, uh, which was driven by uh, Victor Hemery at Arles to clock 104 miles an hour. So it was quite fast, but there were people going faster. In 1907, she won her class at Galleon Hing- Hill Cri- hill in France, driving a 40-horsepower six-cylinder Napier. In 1908, she entered the Herkimer Trophy trial in Germany and won a silver plaque. She's doing pretty fucking good at the old driving.
0: Yeah. I like this lady. It's like uh, we did Lily Parr a few episodes ago, who was like a footballer in roughly, uh, well, maybe a little bit later than this. But it's just cool learning about cool sporting ladies doing yeah. things you traditionally associate with men. Uh, back in history.
2: Yeah, playing poker with her two flatmates. And with too many petticoats to count. Let's not forget that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> How pissed do you reckon
1: uh, that salesman, Leslie, who taught her to drive was when she started
0: breaking all of these records?
2: I bet he looked really stupid. Mm-hmm. He's he's like, stupid in her
0: stockings trying to drive. Why? Because he's told her the speed limit and she's flaunted them. Is that what you mean? Well,
1: no, because he's just been cutting her off the whole time, hasn't he? But then also, I reckon he'd be one of those people who'd be like, Yeah, I taught her. I taught her how to drive. Just trying to take all of her successes. No,
2: I think he would still be like, I, I don't agree with it. I don't think. This guy's a pig. Yeah.
1: It displaces the womb when women drive. <laughs> That's what they said about football, wasn't it? It wasn't good for women internally. It's obviously bullshit.
0: If a woman puts on the heating in the car, her eggs will dry up within seconds.
1: Mm hmm. She was understandably a fucking media sensation, right? Everybody loved her. The publicity stunt works. In 1909, she published her book. It was called The Woman and the Car, a chatty little handbook for women who want to mortar, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I love. Um, she discusses how to buy, drive and maintain a car in her book, which I think is great. Uh, She also states that every woman should carry a small mirror with her in her handbag so that she can see behind her when necessary. So she invented the rearview mirror.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, and then it it was patented uh, by Chester A. Weiss in 1914.
0: Is she taking it out of the bag and clipping it on start of the journey? Every time she has to look behind her, is she having to go into the handbag (laughs) to find it? Because at the risk of feeding into gender stereotypes, I've seen in women's handbags, they can rustle around in there for quite a long time before they find the thing, by which time uh, someone's rear-ended you.
2: Well, Aidan, may I refer to page eight of the chatty little handbook? Says, uh, I recommend that you take your, your hand mirror out prior to moving and pop it on the passenger seat.
1: Yeah, I mean, because they didn't really have windscreens, did they? Oh, did like, they not back then? Oh, yeah, if you look at the cars, some of them don't really out like, which is why when she was saying that she nearly got her head took off, by a loose bonnet. There's nothing to stop it really. Especially in these kinds of cars because they were built to be like sleek. So, yeah, I-, I think she probably did have to hold it in her hand. Another suggestion that she made in this book uh, was to carry a revolver. um This wasn't patented by anyone, unfortunately.
2: Thank goodness because I would have been shot dead by now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they just give female drivers? A gun,
2: Florida, I think it's called. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: yes. <laughs> you could be the fifty cent of comedy, Joey. Uh, this guy's been shot nine times, all of them in road rage incidents. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is why he's always slurring on stage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you think that it'd make things better or worse if everyone had a gun?
0: <laughs> well, I got worse. We, what in their car, you mean?
1: Yeah, in the car.
0: No, it would be what? like America. Insane. I mean, I like America, but fucking gun laws are mental. Of course, we shouldn't all have guns in our car. Yeah, and but it's
1: like, like if it was attached to the car. You know, like when you go to the post office and the pen's got that chain on it. <laughs> so you can't take it out of the car.
2: I, I, think, I think the reason I'm so leery in a car is because I'm in a car. So mm. you give me a weapon as well? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, I just think... You know, in Pulp Fiction, when John Travolta says... He's like waving the gun around in his hand. And he says... I mean, do you think that God came down from heaven? and It hits a bump, and he shoots the guy's brains out in the car. Purely oh, by mistake. I just think... You don't yeah. want that to happen when you're doing the school run. You're waving the gun around. Your kid's been noisy in the back seat. You go over. Boom. Little little Sarah's not getting to oboe class last night, because uh, you shot her in the head in, the, in, your, Fiat, in your Fiat 300.
1: Well... I mean, I didn't say all of her ideas were good. (laughs) (laughs) She'd been writing motoring columns for um, the graphic, uh, which sort of made up the content of her book. She just sort of put them all together. Uh, She continued to be active as a journalist until about 1912. The year the book came out, she took uh, a hiatus from motorsports, intending to get her pilot's license. However, she never ended up doing this, so in sort of 1910, 1912, she just disappeared from public life, and it's not entirely clear why. Some say that it was due to a debilitating illness, but in truth, we will never know.
0: Others say she went over a speed bump, setting off her ballpoint <laughs> magnum. in no
2: a <laughs> Up that 20-mile-an-hour hill and
1: end. Crouch, <laughs> That's a recurring theme, I find. There's quite a few, Lady lady top subjects objects whatever subjects of the podcasts that we've been doing who just disappear right and,
2: uh, and when i was dating it was a that was a recurring theme on my uh dating, <laughs> website, on my dating
1: apps as well yeah we <laughs> to me and then just disappear yeah, well, she's died she must be dead yeah
2: or she's taken up flying lessons
1: mm. <laughs> Flight she died on the 17th of May, 1922, at the age of 40. Her death was recorded as morphine poisoning. Others have speculated that she had measles. She's buried in the Meadowview Jewish, Jewish Cemetery in Brighton. If you could die in mysterious circumstances, would you do that? Or would you prefer doing something heroic? Or... The other favourite that everyone has, comfortable in bed, surrounded by friends and family.
0: I'd rather die heroically than surrounded by friends and family. I don't think any of it's going to happen. Don't have enough friends to do it. The family will be glad to be rid of me. I'm too much of a natural spineless coward to die that way. If anything, dying mysteriously might be the way to go. If only there was anything mysterious about it, about me.
1: About a heroin overdose.
0: (laughs) No, yes, look at that. We discussed this in the in the Anita Berber episode. I'm more likely to die of a chamomile tea overdose than I am of a actual deadly narcotic. I don't know. What about you, Joey? Uh,
2: I think I would really like to die in like a sort of slightly humorous set of circumstances, so that my loved ones, when recounting how I died, would have to crack a bit of a smile. (laughs) Imagine if I... I read somewhere once uh, somebody got sat on by an elephant and died, which is quite horrific, but in time, that becomes
0: funny. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. We know exactly.
1: I have a feeling that I might have told you that story in the car show, because the doctor that I do admin for was, like, one of the first things that I had to deal with in A&E was a guy who got sat on by an elephant. Uh, uh, uh. No, this
2: is a long time ago, I remember hearing this, so... Maybe it's happened twice.
1: It could have. They were at London Zoo, and I was like, oh, my God, did he survive? And he was like, no, Catherine. He was sat on by a fucking <laughs> elephant. <laughs> Touché. I wouldn't call that a death sentence.
0: You don't know, do you? I don't know. They weigh fucking tons, Joey. You're done. You're done. set of so cars. I've seen people run over.
2: Joe Williams, who went to my school, apparently, uh, he got run over by a van
0: mm. and shattered
2: both his kneecaps. Oh but he rode, He was like, He was like a big rugby guy. He wrote off the van. And we are talking <laughs> about a small van, so you know,
0: not not it's not a foregone conclusion.
1: No, I love that. He also, I I, I love the idea that this guy wrote off the elephant too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> if it's possible to write off an elephant, it would cost too much to fix. You might as well just buy a new elephant. Uh, we'll send yeah. this to the Crushers. Turn it into a nice grey cube. We'll have it done by tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can see. I I think mysteriously. Would be a good way to go, although obviously it wouldn't be a mystery to me because I'd know. A hilarious death would be good, like if you sort of slipped on a banana skin.
2: Like I'd love to like die in the sequence of mouse trap Do <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? Yeah.
2: Ball rolling down into a bath and then <laughs> diving. Whatever happens in that, I can't remember. But you know.
1: I mean, friends and family. Sure, that'd be quite nice. On the podcast, Catherine, would you go for that, for, for ratings? Surrounded by friends and family off my tits on drugs, hell yeah. <laughs>
0: no, but what about on the podcast? We do need this, the air uh, streams, Kath. Uh The figures have been low.
1: You're going to kill myself on the show,
0: is that what you're saying? You're not kill yourself. I'm saying have a massive seizure. I think at the moment the most likely thing
2: is a lightning bolt is going to come through that window at you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably, Yeah. But I'd like to
1: think that you would inquire as to my health, Ed, and if I just if my screen went black and you never heard from me again.
0: I would inquire, but not before I'd edited a under sixty second promo to gain <laughs> the, the the TikTok and Insta reel algorithms.
2: If your screen went blank now, Catherine, mm. and then we couldn't get hold of you, I would shut my laptop down in case it's some sort of cyber attack not, <laughs> they were coming for me next. <laughs>
1: I, I do often think that. I mean, because you live on your own, don't you, uh, Joy? But I think if yeah, that's I... true. Like, I, I live in a house, yeah, but like, I, I do think it's like if I died, how long would it take for someone to know that something had happened to me? Would it be when the bins didn't get taken out? <laughs> would it be when we ran out of toilet paper? Would it be when there was a funny smell? Would it be when I started leaking through? into downstairs bedroom you
0: know you haven't got a good relationship with your with your housemates when it's the rigor mortis that notifies them that you've gone mm.
1: my sources were bulyle.co.uk uh, that is a, a, a good little museum to go to goodwood.com the tory graph sorry the telegraph Uh, An East End Women's Museum, which is in Bethnal Green. Which is where
2: I live.
1: Yeah, we're getting ever closer to Joey's home address. (laughs) Which is...
2: uh, I don't mind, I live on my own comrade, to be honest.
0: Uh, So, would you? Uh, I'm a comedian, I'm always looking for a cheap car shirt, so a woman who can drive is bang up my street. Uh, I'm in. She's attractive and she's good behind the wheel. As long as she doesn't have that Magnum chain to the thing, I'm in. She's a yes. She's on the biochat battery. stream. What do you think, Joey?
2: Well, I I think uh, I am I am I I wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit. I think I w- would would fall pretty hard for uh, Dorothy Levitt. However, I'm worried that if I was to try and like settle down with her, I would be holding her back from all of these wonderful things that she's achieved. And maybe she's just too good for me. Oh, I'll definitely bang her though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming increasingly common For some reason, like, the first few guests Were like, yeah, I'd bang him, no I wouldn't But there's been a few guys now who are like Oh, but would she bang me? I would bang her, but I just don't think she'd be interested
2: Oh, I know she'd bang me, I just don't want to hold her back from her uh, Motor racing
0: <laughs> uh, okay, fair But
2: if she's up, I'd probably marry her
0: yeah. Wow, you're going Full deep in that yeah.
2: And also, I'm thinking about this She's dead by 40 Mm-hmm uh, she's quite famous. Good insurance payout.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, carry on. And I'm 39 now, so it's like it would all it would be is like another year, a bit of heartache, and then uh, and then I've got good insurance payout. And
0: uh... I mean, that's no one's ever answered that way before. I love it.
1: <laughs> but like with a, with a dead partner, when you when you go on to the next one, there's no sort of jealousy, is there? Because they're gone. Like
2: and also. It's great for an Edinburgh show. Yeah. Widowed at 40. It's great Edinburgh show fodder. Yeah. Like the Apollo, take my money.
1: Oh, yeah. Best thing that ever happened no, won't Give make. me the money,
2: not take my money.
1: <laughs> all the way around. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: at this rate in our careers, I think maybe we would all have to actually pay like the Apollo to go on. So so Joey's in. I'm in. Kath, would you ban Dorothy Levitt?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would. She seems good. Cool.
2: Levitt's fit.
1: Yeah, like, because I suck at driving. So I think it would be nice to have somebody who is, you know, like, well, I mean, I've got Reese, who's good at driving, who's teaching me to drive. This is no shade on his ability to teach me how to drive. But it would be not, I guess it'd be nice to have, you know, like a mutual interest. There wouldn't be as many cars on the road then, would there? So it'd be a bit easier. Like, I think the biggest problem in London is there's so many cars. But if you, there's like three of them. You're okay. Yeah, she's fit. She's glamorous. She's setting world records.
2: Too many petticoats.
1: Too many petticoats, but uh, she wouldn't be wearing them if you know what um, I'm a, I'm i would be fucking um.
0: her. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair to say nothing gets us harder or moister on this podcast than a lady booking the trend of the times. Mm. Uh, whether it's Lily Parr or Anita Berber, the previous episode that we discussed uh, on today's recordings. So, yeah, uh, a 100%, three out of three. Boom, we're all in. Dorothy Levitt is on the BioTap What a legacy.
1: Whoa. Do
2: you reckon that'll make it onto our Wikipedia page?
1: (laughs) It should do. We can add it. We'll add it.
0: The podcast isn't big enough yet, but uh, they always have that legacy section, don't they? And Mm -hmm. uh, it should just be in there.
1: How long before they take it down, yeah. <laughs> if we add it on?
0: <laughs> yeah, as long as it's culturally significant enough, they'll have to leave it on. Yeah. So, you know, be like Theodore Roosevelt, uh, create loads of national parks, brokered peace between Russia and Japan, Kath Mather would ban. Mm. That's what we're going for. Yeah.
1: So, uh, well, that's that's good news for our friend Dorothy. Joey, where, where can people find you? What are you doing?
2: Uh, I... Instagram and TikTok uh, Joey Page Comedy and got a podcast with my friend Bilal you've been on it Kath. Uh-huh. uh yeah. called got a problem mate it's a very loose you know I,
0: I don't think we have got any problems any
2: problem. we don't solve many problems but we we do our best
0: what's your what's your Instagram mon- or Twitter moniker name
2: uh, At... Joey Page Comedy that's my name and my and my genre
0: yes <laughs> and you can follow this podcast at Hot Not Pod where we share videos clips uh, of this uh, feed so please share it with your friends spread the word and have a wonderful life everyone thanks for coming mm-hmm. on Joey you're welcome back thanks for having me yeah lovely be a Pleasure. Thanks.
1: as we always say spread the word spread your legs and remember it's not what's on the outside it's what's on the inside of the coffin that counts goodbye goodbye everybody you have been listening to Historical Hot or Not, written and created by Aidan McCaffrey and Catherine Mather. The podcast art was by our good friend Richard Todd, and our theme music by excellent musician and also good friend David Eagle. We also have music by Ergo Fismas, lesser license from the Free Music Archive. If you've enjoyed us and you would like to donate to the cause, we would love you to do that also. You can find us at ko-fi.com forward slash pod, And you can download bonus episodes of Historical Hot or Not from AirCast Plus, the link is available on our Linktree, linktree.com forward slash pod. Bye!